The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by ITO Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITO Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITO coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust the training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel can be found at bluepineappletravel.com. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They are all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The agents at Blue Pineapple Travel love to help people plan their travel. Their goal is to match you with the trip that you want. Whether you're looking for relaxation or adventure, traveling solo or with a group, inside the U.S. or abroad, they are there to match you to the trip for you. Blue Pineapple Travel will help you curate all of the travel information out there to create the exact vacation that you want. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by SlayRx. You can find them at www.slayrx.com. SlayRx is a sports nutrition company that makes products for athletes, team sports, and anyone that trains or works outdoors. SlayRx was founded by an endurance athlete and University of Georgia food scientist who was unhappy with the choices he was offered on course in long course triathlons. He started making his own mixes and now you can enjoy those same mixes. SlayRx offers differing levels of electrolytes in their hydration products and you can get them with or without calories. You can either take their online test at SlayerX.com or you can be tested in their laboratory to determine the exact amount of liquid and electrolytes that you need to be consuming while racing. In addition to hydration products, SlayerX offers fueling products like their product Diesel, which is available with or without the optimum level of caffeine that is scientifically proven to legally enhance performance while limiting GI upset and diuretic impact. If you're looking for alternative gels, try SlayerX Spark Plug, a Pop Rocks-like powder that combines the same electrolytes that are in their other products, encapsulated caffeine, and quickly absorbed carbohydrates. It comes in a plastic tube so it can be carried while running, and it will work to enhance and fuel your alertness, general happiness, and performance. Remember, tell them the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast sent you by using the coupon code PLEASANT2020 at checkout on their website, and you'll get 10% off anything you purchase there. That's SlayerX.com, Pleasant2020. Test, don't guess, with SlayerX. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast possible. Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and Slayer X. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a father of twin boys. I'm a college professor, and I've been doing endurance sports for about 30 years. And I have with me two very special guests that I am psyched to have with us. Uh, Chrissy Blaisdell-Euler, welcome. Thanks, George. Nice to be here. So glad you're here. Chrissy is, is one of the first adults I ever coached. She went on to, to bigger and better things. So she's going to tell you a little bit about her, uh, her athletic uh, past um, uh, and her athletic present uh, here in just a few minutes. Um, and then Ben Holiday is back. Ben, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Glad to be back. So Ben, you'll recall, was with us um, talking about the Cruel Jewel 50, which is not 50 miles, it's 56 miles, uh, the, the brutal trail race that he did last year. So, so we'll look forward to hearing what he's up to as well. But our topic tonight 
is indoor cycling platform. So you'll recall a couple of months ago, I put out a, a call to any volunteers uh, saying, please help me out. Uh, uh, let's test out some different online cycling platforms here while we're all locked inside our houses. And both Chrissy and Ben very graciously reached out to me. And so thanks, both of y'all. Um, I can't tell you really how much I, re I do appreciate your, your coming on the podcast uh, and talking about all the different platforms that we all tried out over the course of the past month here. So um, we're going to tell you about some of our favorites. We're going to offer some some special preems to, to the, the different um, different platforms here that we all tried out. But um, I figured the best thing to do is actually start with some introductions here. So Chrissy, why don't you take a minute or two here, tell us about your background, tell us about your cycling setup and all that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it's been about 12 years in endurance sports. Uh, seven of those, or about seven years ago, I started working with George, when I wanted to do big, scary things that I never thought I would do, um, including marathons, trail races, half and full Ironmans, uh, and then more recently, in the last couple of years, have moved on to standalone bike races, a number of formats there, uh, and have been using indoor cycling to support a lot of that, I have been using dumb trainers, as they might say, and then for the last five years or so, have been using uh, Wahoo Kicker. And had typically run that through my iPhone. A lot of those workouts to get the specificity, I used Trainer Road, and, and that meant that I would just run it on my phone and then watch a lot of junk on Netflix with captions and black <laughs> music. And that was really, really great. Um, and I had heard about platforms like Zwift, but had never got out of my comfort zone with them. So this was a great opportunity for me to do that. Um, since there aren't any events on the calendar, I'm not training for anything specific except for to keep up on group rides and join the local crits, which have been virtual. So I've been doing some of that, which has been a lot of fun. Um, but generally speaking, the, the progression with this, I've gone to a model where I'm, I'm still on the kicker, but I'm using my MacBook or my iPhone to pull up a lot of these platforms and apps and then mirror those using Apple TV. So I get the full engaging screen experience since that exists with those. And it's kind of changed my world a little bit, so to speak, um, in an exciting way. So I've enjoyed that. Um, the other change that that's really presented is before when I would use Trainer Road, I only ever thought about my equipment if I was doing um, short, hard intervals like VO2 max versus a long like 20 to 30 minutes at 80 or 85% that I, I might choose a bike. Um, but this has, has definitely changed that where based on the dynamics of the platform, I will exclusively use one bike versus the other. Um, just teaser, we'll get into the specifics when we start to talk about the platforms, but definitely a lot more decision-making here. Very good, very good. Thanks for that. We should also say that, Chrissy, you live in Austin, Texas. Yes, yes, I do. The, uh, the cycling scene here is, is pretty excellent, um, and that's one of the big reasons that I went to pure cycling. I've always been a victim of uh, FOMO or fear of missing out. And, uh, <laughs> So it was just hard not to get sucked in because within, you know, three to five miles of my house, there are group rides nearly every day and they're all pretty amazing. So it's been a lot of fun. Very cool. Very cool. Ben, your turn. Tell us a little bit about, uh, about how cycling fits into your overall uh, athletic history and, and present and, and of course what your setup is. Sure. Um, my, uh, I started back in about 2008 uh, doing triathlon and kind of got into the Ironman scene and uh, did about 11 of those and, and about 18 half Ironmans over, over a course of about 10 years or so. Last year, I took a little bit of a detour and kind of went off on to trail racing. Uh, did the Cruel Jewel, as you, as you remember from our podcast that we did, um, and uh, um, just, you know, 
decided to go back to triathlon again this year, but then uh, COVID hit and took away all my triathlons for the year. So I was planning to do Challenge Roth and I uh, was going to do uh, the Chattanooga 70.3 and both of those got postponed till next year, which I'm probably not going to do next year. But uh, anyway, but uh, over the course of that period of time, I'd, I'd done a lot of stuff on trainers. Um, over the years, started with a uh, just a little Magneto trainer, a little $100 thing that my coach had recommended I get. Hated it. It was so hard. It was noisy. It was it was the gearing was terrible. And then over the years, I was just looking for a better option. So I tried everything. I went from there to a, a copy trainer, did a um, various other trainers, trying to find something that was a little bit easier so I could ride indoors. Um, and uh, eventually got to a Wahoo kicker, which is what I have now. I'm actually on my second Wahoo kicker um, and pretty much devoted to, to that platform. Uh, my setup basically cons- consists of uh, a run uh, – Zwift on uh, a uh, Microsoft Surface, which is what I'm using now to, to, to do this uh, Zoom meeting, and which obviously it doesn't work very well for Zoom meetings, but works better for Zwift. <laughs> so um, anyway, but it, uh, um, it, and I also have, I also use my old iPhone and my new iPhone and I use an iPad. So I have a lot of little different things that I do. Uh, my old iPhone basically runs a Zwift uh, companion. Uh, my um, New iPhone runs Discord, which I use to chat to people while we're doing events or doing rides or whatever. Uh, and then also we do uh, I, I, I track things on uh, Zwift Power, which is another platform that kind of tracks things on Zwift on Zwift itself. And so when you're in a race, it kind of sorts out things for you a little better than Zwift does, uh, especially since a lot of the events I do are actually uh, the results are actually on Zwift Power and not on Zwift. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's uh, basically that's that's kind of the history of where I'm at, how I got to the point of, and how I use uh, indoor cycling. Right on, and and so Chrissy, I know, still does a lot of group rides and so races outside and that sort of thing. But Ben, you you exclusively train inside, is that correct? I have done in 2018. I did three iron distance races, and I did 90. I would say 95 percent of my training was indoors for that. Now, since I, I moved, I moved up to the mountains, uh, North Georgia and the Gaps. And so now I do a lot of riding up here. Like last year, I did uh, train for six Gaps. So I was doing one to two rides in the Gaps up here a week. Um, and uh, But then as soon as uh, six Gaps was over, I went, I went back indoors and I've been indoors literally since then. I went all the way through the winter indoors uh, and was training, you know, using through a Train Peaks training program that was structured uh, until – the day that you know I got news that Challenge Roth was over, and, and then I started doing Zwift racing. Um, so I started do, doing you know just doing group rides and racing from that point. Very good, very good. Um, so thanks for that. So so me, I think most folks who have listened to the podcast have kind of pieced together at least a little bit of my bio. But but I uh, I, I was a runner for a long time, and then. The first year that I was married, I kept getting injured when I was running. And so my, my brand new wife said, well, why don't we get you a bike and, and I'll get a bike also and let's try and do like a duathlon. And so, so I, I um, did a duathlon there in 2008. Um, and, and I decided that I wanted to try and do only cycling for a while. And my wife decided to do only triathlon for a while, um, or to add a sport and do triathlon. And so I was a bike racer then from 2008 until 2011. 
um, and uh, had some heavy crashes and, 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 but, but, you know, rode thousands upon thousands of miles on my bike, um, did some ultra races, did some crits, did some, 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 uh, some road races, all that sort of thing. Um, and then in 2008, when I decided to move into bike racing, I actually started using a trainer then. And it was a dumb trainer, like Casey, like, like Chrissy said, um, a traditional trainer is what I, what I often will say instead. Um, but, uh, and then I added a power meter to my bike and then that was really helpful when I was actually on the traditional trainer cause I was able to measure power, but I was still using, you know, a so-called, so-called traditional trainer, a dumb trainer. Um, and then got into triathlons in 2011, um, and continued to, to use indoor workouts as a key component of my training on the bike. My, my coach, a guy named Will Dillard, uh, who I hired in 2008, had given me indoor workouts um, in 2008, and I'd, I'd started using them then. And they've pretty much been a feature of, of my cycling training all the way up until now. Uh, I did my last triathlon in 2015, but still cross-train a bunch on the bike, even though all my, my running or all my events are running events. And so I haven't done a, an outdoor bike race or an outdoor race that involves a bike since 2015, but I've done a lot of racing online recently, um, as, as recently as an hour before this podcast started, as a matter of fact. So, um, and so, so I've been doing a, a lot of virtual racing lately, um, um, uh, because that's something that, that we're able to do now. Um, um, and that we, I think all of us have been doing, all three of us have been doing a lot more of over the course of the last little while here. So I also have a Wahoo kicker. I got it in 2000, uh, the, towards the end of 2015. Uh, is when I got it. Um, and, uh, uh, I pretty soon after that, I was, I was an early adopter of the Sufferfest videos and I would actually run them through trainer road. I was an early adopter of trainer road as well. Um, and, uh, and then Sufferfest kind of went off on its own and I subscribed to Sufferfest. And so I've been a subscriber to trainer road for probably five years. And I use that a lot. I use Sufferfest a great deal as well. And we're going to talk about all of these, but, um, I tried out Zwift a little bit several years ago and then I've gotten a little bit more into it over the course of the last couple of months as we're, as we've been doing this experiment here. So, so we're going to talk about all of these things, but, um, I've also become a fan of full gas, but that's why I race today, but we're, we're, we're going to talk about all this stuff. So y'all ready to get into it? Yep. All right. Very good. Well, I, we, we should go through real quickly the, the ones we're going to talk about. Um, and so if you're like holding out to hear about a particular one, the ones that we tried that we're going to talk about, um, and y'all let me know if I'm, I forget one, we're going to talk about Ruby, Be Cool, um, uh, Strava, or not Strava, uh, Zwift, um, uh, uh, Full Gas, Sufferfest, and Trainer Road, right? Those are the six. Yep. And there are many others. <laughs> and and that, that was actually one thing that I was struck by when, when we kind of said, okay, let's do this. And I started looking at how many are out there. There's a lot of different platforms out there. Um, we're not even talking about Peloton tonight. And, and that was one that initially I kind of want to try out. But, you know, the, just in the midst of all the other things that are out there um, and all the real spot cycling specific platforms that are out there, uh, we ended up never really even, even getting to that one. So um, the first one we're going to talk about, though, is Ruby. Um, and the reason why we're going to talk about Ruby first is because uh, in the endurance sports world, they got a lot of attention when things started going virtual uh, because they are the platform that Ironman chose to run their, uh, their, their races. Um, so uh, Chrissy suggested that we, we, get, we should give every single one of them a preem. Um, uh, and so the preem that we're going to give to, uh, to, to, to Ruby is, is for best partnership. And actually we should probably have you, uh, Chrissy, since you're the one currently racing bikes, you tell us what a preem is. Yeah, absolutely. So it's something that's used in the crit format of racing, which is, uh, a race loop that's typically a mile or shorter with a, a lot of 
typically 90 degree turns involved in it. And you do number of laps because you race that mile or so loop for depending on what category you're racing and maybe it's 30 minutes or an hour. And every several laps, they'll ring a bell and say pre-lap. And if you complete that lap the fastest, you get some kind of prize, which might be a six pack of beer in the cycling world um, or something that's kind of local and grassroots-esque. Uh, but it's, it's just kind of those door prize-ish awards, but for the skill and ability level. So we thought it'd be a fun way to talk about some of these platforms and their merits. Absolutely, absolutely. And because I think that we found, um, and y'all, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, I think that we found that there were pros and cons of all the different ones that we tried. There were definitely ones that were our favorites and definitely ones that we liked less, but I think that there are pros and cons of all of them. And so, so we're going to give Ruby the best partnership frame because there are so many people that had no interest in Ruby and didn't even really ride indoors all that much who, who signed up and subscribed to Ruby uh, in order to be able to compete in the Ironman virtual races. Yeah, so um, let's talk about things you liked and didn't like about Ruby. So Ruby, um, I talked about it a couple of months ago when, we, when it was first coming on. Um, it is an online platform where they have filmed an actual ride and you're riding in actual space with pictures that looks like Google Earth, um, something like that. Um, and, uh, and the grade changes and therefore the, the resistance changes on the bike as you're actually moving through space here. Is that, Chrissy, is that a good sort of description of it? Yeah, I think that's a really good description. And, and one thing that is, is interesting to call out as somebody that came from trainer road where almost everything I did was in erg mode is the grade does change and you go through all of the gears on your bike, which mm -hmm. is how you think about your equipment. Uh, but yeah, I think George, that's a, that's a really good starting point for talking about Ruby and why people are attracted to that platform. Yeah. Yeah. And so all three of us uh, tried Ruby. Ben, what did you think of Ruby? My, my first impression was it was that I had a lot of trouble getting it set up. I had, mm -hmm. uh, I had some problems with it, uh, my calibration of my trainer. Mm -hmm. And when I tried to look on the, on the, on the uh, app, I couldn't find a way to calibrate. And it said basically, so when I went back online and did some more research after I got done, it said basically to go back to your trainer's app, you know, and, and do it with that. So it was not, there was not an in-app uh, calibration mode. So I had a little trouble the first time. Second time I did it, it was all right, and, and uh, I rode a I rode a route, and it like you said, it's kind of like riding a little bit on Google Earth. I had a mm -hmm. I think I had a car come by from mm -hmm. the opposite direction, yeah. and you know if I slowed down, the car slowed down. If I yeah. sped up, the car sped up. It was like it's just like it, it was playing a video. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really I never saw any other riders, although they indicated there were somewhere out there, but I never saw any anyone so I could. Uh, you know, like speed up to catch up to them or see if I could catch them or anything like that. But, uh, but it was very Google Earth-ish um, was my impression. Mm -hmm. um, I think the first, that first route that I tried to ride was actually the Ironman Boulder 70.3 route that they were using uh, mm -hmm. at the time as the only Ironman, Ironman route. I, when I tested it, I think that was just before they did the Ironman uh, deal where they started, you know, doing the races on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, they have an option on there where you can actually choose an avatar and the avatar will kind of like be out in front of you and, and you can like chase it, um, which I had oh, kind of okay. mixed feelings about that. About that, I think it's probably a good thing. And, and, and studies have definitely demonstrated that if you try and you know, if you put an avatar out in front of you, you'll, you'll, you'll go faster. Um, I found that it was sort of like when I when I first learned to drive a stick shift. And I didn't know how to just like drive softly in stick shift. And so like every time I would start, it'd be like, and I'd like take off. That's kind of way what I was on Ruby at first. 
Um, and maybe it's because I've forgotten how to ride outside. I mean, uh, you know, both of y'all still ride outside, particularly you, Chrissy. <laughs> but, but, but I felt like, you know, I'd hit the base of a hill and, and the power that it required for me to, to go up that hill on Ruby was significant. Um, I mean, and, and so, so I think that, that I really liked the scene. And, and, I, and one thing that I thought was cool about it is that, you know, they have a, a course that takes you up Alpe d'Huez. They have a course that takes you up some of these really iconic climbs that I'll probably never have the opportunity to actually ride my bike on in real life. But I felt like, like I would, I, you'd come down a hill and you'd go over a bridge and you start to go over a hill and you just dead stop at the bottom of the hill. And so, so there was something about the momentum about it that to me felt a little bit off. Um, Christy, did you see that too? Yeah, I noticed that. And I think I might have smoothed it out um, after a few weeks after I had started using it. Mm. Definitely noticed that you'd be flying down a hill at 8% grade on the descent. And then it would even just go to two or three on the next climb. And it felt mm. like a very big switch in momentum yeah. uh, versus trying the same thing on a different platform where you can kind of roll into the hill in a way that feels a lot more like true outdoor riding. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's the thing I noticed too, that, that I felt like, and, and I haven't tried it and this was in, I haven't tried it since, since Ironman actually picked it up. And so, so I used it right before Ironman was actually using it, but I was actually really surprised that Ironman chose it for that reason, because to me, it seemed like that their algorithm on Ruby was all about grade versus the power you're producing. And there was nothing taken into account for the actual momentum that you would be carrying coming off a downhill or something like that. And to me, that's so much a part of outdoor riding is that you, you, you go down the hill and you swing and then you kind of keep it going and, and you get most of the way up a hill sometimes. And sometimes you can actually that crush a short uphill um, by just standing up and, and just blasting the power and going over it. But there was no momentum like that. Um, and that was one thing that actually really bothered me about Ruby is that I felt like you know, with the time there on the screen and, and, and showing you the power and the speed and everything, I felt like I just kept losing the momentum. Um, ben, what'd you think? I, I would say I would agree with that. I felt like that when I, at least in my, I didn't, I didn't, I only wrote it twice, but um, the, it just felt like when I went up a hill, that was extremely hard. Um, yeah. And it was a lot harder than it would seem like it should be. And uh, it was better on the second time. And perhaps if maybe if I'd have gotten the calibration a little better, I, I might have had a better experience. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I have to admit, though, you know, since Iron Man did the deal and everybody, I see everybody race on there. It's kind of tempted me to go back and try it again. But right. uh, um, <laughs> but I didn't I didn't you know, I didn't pay any money. So it, mm -hmm. I'm not sure I want to pay any money for that right now. Best partnership, I'm telling you. I mean, there there are people, um, there, there there are lots of people who have no interest in riding indoors and, and would never consider Ruby, but but they've signed up for it and at least gotten a taste of it um, via via the, yeah. the the Ironman virtual reality races for sure. Um, so right. so yeah, um, like I said, I, I I I'm I'm interested in. It. I liked being able to. I like the scene. You know, I I actually didn't say this before. I run it on an iPad. And then I project the iPad onto a television. And so it's a little bit larger um, and, and maybe a little bit more immersive. Um, so I liked the scenery. Um, but uh, but the, the momentum thing was almost a killer for me. Yeah. So let's transition then to talking about one where I feel like they actually did get, the, <laughs> get it right. Uh, and so, you know, ben, ben said he felt like he was on Google Earth on the, uh, on the, 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 um, Ruby, and so I'm interested to hear what he has to say about full gas. So let's talk a little about full gas. So full gas is is similar to Ruby, but I think that they got it a little bit more right on full gas. So so full gas does the same thing that Ruby does. They have pictures of courses, including some iconic courses that you go riding through, 
um, and it kind of gives you a heads up display on the sides of your iPad or on the sides of your screen. Um, and, and the momentum and the resistance on your trainer changes based on, you know, whether you're going up a grade or down a grade or something else like that. Um, the big difference to me with between full gas and Ruby one was that full gas, the videos are just prettier. Um, the, the, the videos are, are filmed at a higher quality um, and they actually, you can film one as you, if you're part of the full gas community, you can film one yourself and actually upload it and they consider it and then they will make it into a ride, which is pretty cool. Um, so for one thing, most of the videos are 4k and so they're, they're, they're just, you know, stunningly beautiful. Um, but the other thing is I feel like whatever the momentum algorithm is, they got it right in full gas. Um, so Chrissy, what do you think? I agree. The, the experience is you went through the terrain. <clears throat> a lot more like riding outside even the way the videos were filmed and the particulars of the route felt more like going on a ride with a local in that area turning on to side streets and bike mm -hmm. um, paths and things like that that you didn't see on on kind of the iconic climbs that you experienced with ruby um, I, I also really liked how there were iconic climbs on the course that you were doing of it it would tell you how far to the peak of the climb mm -hmm. and start you a count down clock so that you were kind of timing yourself and racing against yourself which kept me really focused and motivated on the climb so i, I really liked that aspect of it yeah yeah ruby has like they have like their own built-in Strava segments, essentially. Um, and they actually said when Strava made their changes last week around leaderboards and that sort of thing, um, on the, the, the full gas, did I just say Ruby, I meant full gas. Um, so, so on the full gas page, um, the, the founder of it, who is an Australian guy, is a former pro cyclist, um, said, well, this doesn't really affect us all that much, even though, yeah, we tend to use leaderboard integration. We were planning on kind of starting our own mini Strava inside of full gas instead, where when you log in, you get to see all the full gas users who have done a particular segment on a full gas video and, and you get to see what the leaderboard is and how you compare and all that sort of thing. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen they do something similar to that on, on Ruby and then, and relatedly they will, when you look at a ride, it'll say how long it will take to finish. And I mm -hmm. can't tell if it's average or best, but I'm always slower than the time. <laughs> Yeah, on, 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 on full gas, it'll tell you how long the, it took the person to record it. And so it'll say like, this is a 60 minute ride. It took 60 minutes to record. But then when you're riding it, if you're riding faster than the person who recorded it, it actually says down in the corner, you're going 1.2 times as fast as the person who actually wrote it. Or you're going 0.85 times as fast as the person who wrote it. So you know it's going to take shorter or longer than, than what it actually was. Um, ben, what'd you think right. of full gas? I would agree with exactly what you're saying. I felt like it was it was like uh, they took Ruby's ideas and then just made it better. Uh, it was just a better quality. Uh, the the ride feel felt really like it should be. Uh, I enjoyed it, um, and um, it still felt a lot like you know riding on Google Earth, but it's but it just felt more real. I enjoyed it more. It actually made me want to do Alpterquest on it, mm. so because uh, <laughs> I could you know I would like to you know I would like to see the scenes that go with that. Uh, you know, on, on Zwift, you can do out, out the Zwift, uh, mm. and, uh, but you, you know, and it's, but you don't see the real thing. So, but if this, you would actually be able to ride it and see it. And mm -hmm. that would be, I think that would be really cool. I'd be curious to know, since I've ridden the one on out the Zwift so many times, how it would feel to ride the same course on there and how long it would take on there, um, compared to that. And then we'd know how, how well the two did right on, at least on recording and, and reproducing that, 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 uh, experience. Right on, right on. Yeah, this is the preem that Full Gas gets, by the way, is that, that 
it got George onto the iconic climbs. It's, it's George's favorite. <laughs> the, 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 and, and, and I was kind of smitten from the start because my favorite race of the year, my favorite cycling race of the year is the Tour of Flanders. Um, and the Tour of Flanders goes all over the Keppelmoor and over the Paderberg and the Koppenberg and all these things. And on my very first ride on, on full gas, I went over those climbs. And that was cool. Nice. Um, and, and actually getting to see that from like a, a, a bike point of view and then feeling how hard it was, like as we were going up those cobbled climbs and everything, um, that was great. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I did Mont Ventoux on, uh, on, on full gas. Um, and, and Mont Ventoux is what a lot of folks, including, um, including Lance Armstrong, have said is the hardest climb they've ever, climbed, they've ever raced on. Um, but it was like 8%. And then by the time you get up to the top, you get above the tree line. And so it looks like you're finishing on the moon. But, but when you actually ride mm -hmm. it, you get to see like the, the, it's not like you suddenly pass through and the trees are gone. Like you get to actually see that that process happening. Um, and, and it was, it was a totally different experience, um, actually riding that climb. And I'm, I'm probably never going to ride that climb in real life. Um, but I've ridden it now on full gas. Um, and, and, and that's, I, I, I like that. I feel very fortunate for that. Yeah. Um, so, so full gas definitely gets, gets my vote for, 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 um, one of my favorites. We should also give it an honorable mention preem, by the way, it like took second place in the preems because, uh, because they had a really good partnership as well. They've partnered with, uh, with virtual race across America. And so the, the, the race across America, which is normally a 3000 mile bike race that goes from Oceanside, California to Annapolis, Maryland, they're holding it virtually this year. Um, and it's going to be entirely on the full gas platform. Um, initially when, when, when Ram, when race across America suggested that they were going to be doing it virtually, they said, we're going to be on Zwift. And then they, they pivoted to full gas. Um, and essentially what it is, they have like 300 courses and you just have to knock them all out. Just one after another, after another, after another, over the course of 12 days, um, in your house. So you're going to sign up, Chrissy. <laughs> you know, it's tempting. I might have to. I, if I was to do the iconic climbs, I think I would be most inclined to go back and do them if I was doing them virtually on full gas, just knowing the, the tension is more accurate. Um, my, my husband tried to do Ventu, or he did complete Ventu on Ruby and said it was way harder than in real life because we did it in real life last summer. Um, cool. If I have something that felt real, I would probably pick full gas. If, if you do want to go on and do some of those iconic climbs, we'll feel a little bit more accurate. And, and, and not to brush over that point, but that's a super important point you just said. You've done Mont Ventoux in real life, and you've done it on Ruby, and you said it was easier in real life than it was on Ruby. My, my husband did it on Ruby. I've done some climbs on Ruby, but I was afraid to do one like that, just knowing that the tension, of all the ones we tested, the tension feels hardest mm -hmm. on Ruby. Um, they, they did do a tour called Tour de Swiss, and, and it was, I guess, their, their version of, of something similar what full gas is doing and they did it about a month or so ago and you would do five consecutive races. So I, I jumped into one and the climbs were really, really brutal um, mm -hmm. with a lot of the grade on them. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like, um, I feel like full gas is it's, it's similar to Ruby, but it's, it's getting it right. Um, now that being said, full gas is newer. Um, and so full gas has a lot of kinks in it. 
um, Ruby's user base just went through the roof um, as soon as as soon as we all got locked down and everybody was in their house, and particularly when when Iron Man announced that they were partnering with them. And, and so so like the first couple of rides I did on Ruby, they wouldn't sync to Strava for like seven hours or something, and all the people in the Facebook group just lost their minds. But um, but um, but but Full Gas actually has some real bugs in it still, um, and I think they're working it out. And I think that that um, you know it's 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 a small group of people. Um, that are actually, you know, doing tech for it and everything. And I think it's gorgeous and I think they have a great idea. Um, but it's, it's still kind of buggy, I would say, um, to be fair. Did y'all experience that too? I didn't have any bug issues, but I, hmm. I did notice how they kind of classified their rides into races. Sometimes it was just, it's, it appears as you might be participating in a race, but you're really just riding a course that a race has been raced on. Or if you signed up for a group ride, I thought... I would be riding with other riders virtually, but it's just a couple of guys who did a group ride and recorded that. Mm. Uh, so I think that they, they probably have some areas there of opportunity, but I did do one of their training sessions where you're kind of with a, a person or a coach that's training you through a structured workout, but outside. So it's not erg mode. Um, and it was actually interesting to have to hit the power targets like you would if you were trying to execute a workout with intervals outside. I actually really liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Mm. Um, so I also think that, there are a lot of bright spots there that people haven't tapped into yet, uh, but I didn't have any technical bugs with it. Right on, right on. What about you, Ben? Did you run into any technical bugs with it? I didn't notice any. Uh, it just seemed like uh, seemed like they had it right. Uh, you know, I probably didn't test it enough to get to one, perhaps, but uh, I, I didn't notice anything. It seemed to work pretty good. All right, very good, very good. All right, let's talk about Be Cool. So Be Cool is, by the way, B-K-O-O-L, Be Cool. Um, and and I dare say Be Cool has kind of a European feel to it. I don't know if y'all y'all picked up on that as well, if that's just me, but 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 uh, Be Cool offers simulated versions of a lot of these real places. And so Ruby and Full Gas offer the actual videos of places, and so you can actually ride and see the scenery, and, and you see you know the tree line changing on Mont Ventoux and all that sort of thing. Um, but Be Cool says, oh, you want to ride Mont Ventoux? Here it is. And they give you a simulated version of Mont Ventoux. And so it looks like Zwift and you have a, a bot and an avatar um, and they, they've created a world, but, but, um, but it's not actual scenery from all of those places. Now, that being said, Be Cool offers simulated versions of a whole lot of stuff. Um, and so the premium that goes to, to be cool is that they have the most offerings. So they have all sorts of different places you can ride like velodromes and mountains and, and trails and all that sort of thing, all of which are simulated again though. Um, but then they also have strength training built into their app. They also have yoga built into their app. They also have like, like spin classes built into their app and all sorts of things like that. So Chrissy, I don't think you tried be cool. Did you? No, I didn't get a chance to try that one. So, so, um, so Ben and I both tried it a little bit. Uh, ben, what'd you think? I know you're a big Zwift guy and we're going to talk about Zwift last, but, but what'd you think about be cool? Like trying to be a combination of the real stuff and Zwift. Well, be cool. was one of the, I think I wrote a course the first time and I just wrote it a little bit and I didn't, I, I think I was short on time that day. And so I, the next time I tried it and, and it brought me back again was the uh, velodrome. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the velodrome. That was really cool because it was, uh, I don't know. I've always wanted to race on one and that's the, that's the closest I've ever come. Uh, so I, I got on there, I did two different races where it's, you know, a certain amount of time or whatever. And, and you just kind of show up and you're racing whoever happens to be on the track at that time. But, uh, but it was, I thought it was really cool. It was fun. Um, and, 
I think the first one I actually won the race, but then the second one I think I got I must have I must have got on the D group or something on the first one. So this so I got in a harder group the second time and <laughs> and I didn't do quite so well. So, uh, but uh, but anyway, it was it was definitely interesting and fun. Um, that I mean that alone was on like man, I wish that, I wish they had that on Zwift because they don't have anything like that on Zwift. They do have a track on running on Zwift, but they don't have they don't have a velodrome yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of was my experience with it was that I really liked that. That was, of all the things that we tried, that was the one thing that like, stood out me and that was unique. Um, that was a unique experience. Right on. Very cool. I, so I ended up having like this, um, this, this one-to-one experience with, with, uh, full gas and with, with be cool because I, it's, I, I, you know, I got this promo popped up on be cool when I opened up the app and it says, you know, ride the Flandrian classics. And I was like, Yep, I will. Um, I've already done, you know, some of these, some of these, you know, classic Flanders climbs and 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 MERS um, in in full gas. So now I'll do them in in um, in be cool, thinking that it was going to be something similar. And it puts me on a course that has, you know, like simulated windmills and and simulated paint on the road and everything that mimics the undulations of the last twenty kilometers of the Tour of Flanders but it's not the actual course. And so they, they, they've created a landscape that looks like Flanders, a simulated landscape that looks like Flanders, and they have the right grades there. And so it's changing, you know, based on what the grades are and all that sort of thing. But you're not going up the actual, you're not seeing what the actual, you know, Kappelmoor looks like. You're, you're, you're writing up the simulated Kappelmoor. And, and to me, that just, I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it as much. Um, I wasn't as yeah. into it. Um, and so I, I, I don't... You know, and we, we talked about this at one point. I, I feel like there there's there's a place where 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 simulation like works and there's a, and there's a place where reality works, but there's something in the middle in between simulation and reality that doesn't work for me. Um, and trying to simulate something real didn't work for me. And so I would just as soon ride in Zwift and have them like, you know, have volcanoes and monkeys and lava snow and all these things like falling down on us um and and just have it be sort of crazy and not real um or ride full gas or even ruby and have the real stuff but this sort of like halfway combination between half real and 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 real i did i just didn't do it for me yeah so they do get they so they, they do get a, 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 an honorable mention for their partnership as well. Their, their, their most recent partnership is with World Tour Cyclists, um, and they're doing what's called the Challenge of the Stars. Um, and they've got a lot of really good cyclists here. They got Christopher, uh, Chris Froome, Thomas DeGent, uh, Warren Bargill, uh, Vincenzo Nibali, um, Mads Peterson, who's the current world champion, uh, Caleb Ewan, um, um, lots of good sprinters. And, and they, they have this challenge where you can go on to, to be cool right now. And, and you can actually um, climb against the bots, you know, against the simulated versions of Chris Froome and Warren Barguil and Vincenzo Nibali. Or you can do like a one kilometer yeah. time trial and that goes into a sprint against Caleb Ewan and Mads Pedersen and some, some sprinters. And so, again, it's cool they're partnering with those guys and they, they, the bots that they've created for them, I mean, they, they're, you know, they're wearing the right uniforms, they're riding the right bikes and all that sort of thing. It's cool, and, but... I don't know. It just, yeah, it just didn't do it for me. It just didn't do it for me. I got you. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, all right. Um, next one. Um, let's talk about uh, Sufferfest real quick. So, um, uh, Ben used Sufferfest a long time ago. I use Sufferfest still pretty consistently now. I just finished the tour of Sufferlandria with a, with a couple of my friends uh, uh, last week, as a matter of fact. Um, but um, but uh, Sufferfest is going to get the preem for for the most dedicated users. Um, and that doesn't mean like most in numbers. That means like in depth of dedication. Um, Sufferfest has almost a cult of personality <laughs> around, around people who buy into their storylines and the culture of the videos and all that sort of thing. Um, and so, so I, I haven't seen in any of the other Facebook groups and that sort of thing I went to, have I seen people that, that love their platform as much as Sufferfesters love Sufferfest. Um, so, um, Sufferfest, basically the way they set it up is it's, it's a workout. Um, and, and the workout is say two by 20 minutes or 15 by one minute with one minute rest or something else like that. But they layer over the top of the workout, a pro tour race. And they always have, almost always have, um, a, a plot line within the race. And so you're trying to win the race or you're trying to help the sprinter, or you're trying to stay on the back of this person as you're going across cobbles or whatever it happens to be. Um, and it tells you that story in order to inspire you to dig deep as you're going across these, these workouts. Um, so for me, I feel like one of the cons of it, even though this isn't a problem for me, you have to kind of be a fan of pro cycling in order to really get the suffer fest. Um, like if you don't know who any of these people are and you don't like really like watching pro cycling, then you're not really going to be all that inspired by actually doing the suffer fest. Um, but I think the real pro of it is that, that the, the workouts are really good workouts. Um, they actually have what they call a four dimensional profile. And so rather than basing all of your workouts on, one number FTP. They actually base it on four different numbers. They base it on your sprint number, your one minute number, your five minute number, and your 20 minute number. Um, and then all the workouts mix together some amount of, of work at all those different levels. Um, I, I, I like the Sufferfest workouts because most of them are, are kind of imprecise. Like they have one that's called Hell Hath No Fury. Um, that's It's a two by 20 minute workout, which I know both of you have done before. Um, but they mix in these punches and surges like you would see in a race. And of course, like I said, they layer over the video of the race. So they're like, oh, Vincenzo Nibili is attacking. Follow his attack, right? Um, and, and then you kind of settle back into FTP once, you know, you're back on the climb and, and you're just doing it. So, so it kind of makes what would be a two by 20 workout a little bit more entertaining and also a little bit more realistic in terms of, of you know, what you experience in a race because, you know, it, you have all the surge and attacks and all that sort of thing. So... Um, so I like Sufferfest. Ben, you used Sufferfest a long time ago, right? Yes, I did. It's been many, many years ago. I don't, I'm not sure exactly where I used it, but I did do a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they, they were just a bunch of kind of videos that people passed around back in the day. And now they've got their own app and they do all sorts of things. And all three of us ride Wahoo Kickers now and Wahoo now owns them. So, Chris, have you ever done a Sufferfest workout? I've done the old video ones. Um, a previous job, we had a little cycling club where we would do some of the Sufferfest workouts. Uh, but I could be inclined to get back into it the way you've described it. Sounds like something I'd be into. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think they're good workouts. Um, I, I, I like them. Um, they, they take some getting used to. The, the music is the worst music you've ever heard in your life. Um, the sense <laughs> of humor is a little bit weird. Um, but like I said, the, the, the people who use Sufferfest workouts they buy into the culture. They think the music is great and, and, and they love the jokes. Um, and, <laughs> and so, so, 
you know, I, I, I don't think the music is great. I don't love the jokes, but, but the workouts are, are pretty outstanding. And I do like the scenes of, 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 of pro cyclists there since I am a fan of pro cycling there. All right, let's talk about trainer road. Um, so all three of us use trainer road before, right? Yes. So I've, I've been talking a lot. Chrissy, set us up what trainer road is like. How would you describe trainer road? So how, how I would describe trainer road is pretty much everything I've done on here, save an FTP test is done in erg mode, which means it basically forces you into an effort. Um, my perception of how that typically goes in execution is if you drop your cadence below 80, you're in your FT or your threshold is it, you know, 80% or greater, you're not able to turn the pedals anymore. Mm -hmm. It's great for being very, very prescriptive in terms of this workout needs to be at VO2 max and stretching it out here based on where you are in your progression of a build or doing something at more of a tempo um, to dial in an effort for a longer time trial kind of race. So I, I really appreciate the specificity of it um, and the progression through workouts because they'll have series within their workouts. Um, and just as a brand, I think Trainer Road's done a really good job. They, they have their own podcast and their own Instagram account where they do a lot of informative communications. Um, and lately they've been really focusing on people that have done their FTP build program and showing their improvements in FTP. So, I mean, I think it's pretty compelling and they have a lot of smart people there um, that get into it. I, and I used it for a long time, but to stay engaged with it when you're not training towards a specific goal is, is really, really hard. Um, but I do think it has value when you're training for a specific goal and you're in a build progress. And I, I find that even outside of cycling, I know, George, we've incorporated into training plans for half marathons and full marathons. I get a lot of value on doing those VO2 max workouts in a way where I'm not beating up my body like I would at the track. It just allows me to do a lot more high quality workouts in a training block um, without beating up my body as much. So I, th I think that there's a ton of value in trainer road, but it visually not very engaging and can feel really boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that when we were trading email about all this before, you said that, that it's for purists. Um, right. I mean, yeah. And I, and I think that's accurate. Yeah. Agreed. People that are very, very focused on, on the goal and the output. And it's, mm -hmm. it's like the people that would train on a trainer indoors, just looking at a white wall. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that kind of mindset. It's, I mean, it taps in for me, it taps into the same, um, the same, uh, part of me that wants to do my workouts, my running workouts on a track. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, you, you, you dial in that pace, you find it and, and you can go pretty hard, um, but, but it's very precise. Um, and so I find that sometimes I, I, and I like the workouts on trainer road, but I find sometimes I need to do Sufferfest as a break from trainer road because the workouts, even though they're still scientifically based are less precise. Um, and so if on trainer road, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't do another six by three minutes at 122%. And every single one of them is exactly the same with three minutes rest. Like I can't do that again. And so I'm going to do instead a Sufferfest one, which is, has the same general things and certainly draws on different systems, but they, they plug it into this sort of, you know, cheesy race scenario and they have all these surges and, and, and relaxations and all that sort of thing during it. Um, and so it just makes it, it, it makes it less precise but at the same time, it makes it where it's not just so, you know, mind numbing sometimes. Um, mind numbing can be good, um, but, but in, in Trainer Road, I think is, it can have some really good workouts. But, yeah, I think it's for purists. Ben, do you like Trainer Road? Yeah, I do. I was, I was a huge Trainer Road guy before I got into Zwift, and uh, I mean for years. And, but like you say, it was, it was very – it's extremely precise. I loved it because if I got – 
co- if my coach gave me a workout, I could go and use their workout creator and create the workout there and make it happen there on my trainer. Uh, uh, Dan Arnett was my coach at that point. And he, uh, I'm sure he probably, he does, he's not much of a trainer road or a Zwift or even an indoor cycling kind of guy. He wanted, he'd rather be see me outdoors, but, uh, but I like to be indoors a lot. So I I thought that was just, it was good management of my time by doing things on indoors. And um, so you know, I like the fact that Trainer Road did that. And so I was so devoted to it that I, I encouraged people when I, when I lived in Macon, I actually organized a giant 20 person Trainer Road workout hmm. where we all did the same workout and we had uh, just this big gigantic thing in a, in a garage that I had there. Um, and we all were on Trainer Road plugging in the workouts. A lot of these people, that was their first time ever using a trainer. We had Wahoo actually came down and brought, and brought extra kickers and set up kickers in my garage for people that wanted to use them for the first time. Uh, and that was all using trainer road. Everybody got a, a trainer road trial thing. And, and, and a lot of people still use it to this day. Uh, and, and I still think trainer road is a fantastic program. I mean, it's, it's really good. It's, I wouldn't say it's very buggy, but like you say, it's, you're just going to get on there. You're going to see a graph of what you've got in front of you to do. You're going to do this many minutes of this, this of this, of this, of this, and that's it. You, you, if you, if you got a long workout, you're probably going to want to want to have a movie or, or, or some sort of music or something. Obviously you want to have music anyway, but, um, but if it's going to be a long, long workout, like an Ironman workout, you're going to be on there a long time and, and you, you're going to need something to help pass your mind or else you're going to get bored. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. But, but even when your mind begins to wander to Chrissy's point, because because of the precision it keeps you locked in there right whereas on on zwift yeah, or on no something choice. else like that you know the like you, your mind wanders and you look down and you realize you've ridden the last five minutes you know either harder or easier than you were kind of supposed to do whereas whereas trainer road doesn't let you do that if you're supposed to ride by that five minutes at 71 percent, you're gonna be riding at 71 percent um so you mentioned like bringing all those right. people together well, zwift, and, is, zwift does do erg mode though um okay. Zwift will do erg mode in workouts if you choose it. Um, and, uh, but they also do it, you can do it the other way where you have to pedal it and it tells you to go up or down. It'll, it'll tell you on the screen, mm-hmm. you know, pedal harder or more watts or less watts or, or, or even, even for that matter, your cadence. So, uh, um, Anyway, a couple of the, uh, erg mode workouts on, on Zwift. And I, I will say if you're trying to, to do a program where it's, you're at 80% or, or more of your FTP and you need to do low cadence to work on strength stuff, you actually can keep pedaling in the 70 RPM range for, you know, five minutes at a time if that's what you're trying to work on in, in a Zwift version of ERG versus a trainer version of ERG where I never quite right. do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right on, right on. So so you mentioned, Ben, a minute ago that, that bringing all the people together in your house to do a group workout. The the preem that we're going to give to trainer road here is, is they're – fastest transition to group workouts. Um, so one thing that I appreciated, and I, I've used Trainer Road a lot over the course of this lockdown as well, um, because really early on, like, like mid-March, they went ahead and rolled out a feature that they were clearly working on, but it wasn't quite ready. Um, it was group workouts. And, and essentially what it was, you had the Trainer Road screen, which again is, is very straightforward. You know, it's just blue bars um, telling you when you're gonna be resting and when you're gonna be going hard. Um, but on that graph, they actually superimposed pictures like Zoom. Um, and so, so you could see various people that you're working with and you could talk to them and you could all kind of suffer your way through the workout together. Um, 
I appreciate the fact they rolled out that, that out pretty quickly. And it was kind of buggy um, because they rolled out pretty quickly, but, but you could have up to four people together with you on the screen there while you were doing it. They actually recently upgraded it. Now you can up to, up to 11 people on the screen with you that are actually virtually wow. with you. Everybody's in their own house, safely doing this trainer road workout at their own power, at whatever the power is that's prescribed for, for them in particular on their uh, individual trainer. Um, and, uh, and, and you're all looking at pictures of one another suffering through it together and you're connected via audio and, and you can hear one another grunt and scream and, and curse and all that sort of thing. Um, when I was doing the tour of Sufferlandria um, last week, I was doing it with a couple of guys I know that both live around the Raleigh area, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, and Sufferfest doesn't have that capability. Um, and so we all ran the workout at the same time, but we connected on Microsoft Teams and so, so kind of similar to what Ben was talking about using Discord um, to talk to people while he was doing group rides, we would, we would, um, we'd all be together running Microsoft Teams on my computer while I was running um, uh, the Sufferfest workout on my my iPad, uh, and that was cool. It worked, but Trainer Road, you know, gets a real bonus for actually building that capability directly into their app. Um, it's cool. Um, and, and yeah. as a result, I've, I've ended up using probably trainer road most consistently over the course of this lockdown. Cause I've been, I've been doing group work workouts with a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Chrissy, have you done any of the group workouts on trainer road? I have, but you know, George would really love to do Shasta happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. There is as, as a coach, there is a, a, a handful of workouts that I have people do over and over and over again, be it on trainer road or off trainer road. And, and as Chrissy can attest, since uh, since I coached her for several years, one of my favorite go-to hours was called Shasta, um, which is just seven <laughs> sprints mixed into an otherwise uh, easy ride. So very good, very good. So C Chrissy used to specifically always request having Shasta on Friday nights because it was just such a big party for her. Yeah, it's a great way to end the week. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk about the last thing. Let's talk about Zwift. Um, so, so, um, we talk about Sufferfest. We talked about Trainer Road. Sufferfest, by the way, has a lot of yoga and, and a lot of strength training in it as well. Um, they have a lot of training plans too. Uh, 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 Trainer Road has a lot of training plans in it. And, and you mentioned, their, Chrissy, their Instagram. I don't follow them on Instagram, but uh, their podcast is excellent. Um, it's also very straightforward. <laughs> you know, um, it's, 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 not, it's, it's about the science of, of cycling, um, but it's good. Um, it's good and it's interesting. Um, and then, uh, but there's no races. There's challenges inside of, of Suffer, uh, Sufferfest, of course. Uh, there used to be some challenges inside of Trainer Road, but not anymore. Um, and so if you want to race, uh, Zwift really is the place to go. Um, and, and that's where I found myself spending more time uh, racing over the course of the last little while. So best virtual racing, be it a, a multi-stage tour, like the Tour for All, which they've been doing, which Ben, I think you've done the Tour for All, um, and group mm -hmm. rides, they have crits, they have hill climbs, they have road races, they have time trials. Um, yeah, Zwift has 50,000 users, something like that. Um, and, and as a result of that, they have a wide variety of offerings of all sorts, including a wide variety of, of, of racing offerings. So, um, Ben, you're, you're, you're the Zwift guy, as you said during the intro, and, and you're, you're kind of the person that, that Chrissy and I turn to with our questions about Zwift. So why, why don't you kick us off and talk to us about Zwift and what you liked about it? Yeah. Um, when I first came to Zwift, I, I was coming for Trainer Road. So I was like, okay, you got, you got a lot to live up to with Trainer Road. So, mm -hmm. so I looked on there and I said, okay, you can, you can have workouts, you know, structure workouts using ERG, you know, 
ERG based workouts where I can program it in and you have to pedal that. That's it. Uh, they had that. So you can, all, and my second thing was I would look for was, can I program my own workouts? Can I do custom workouts my way? That that was, that was the case. Um, later on, they actually added where you, where anything that you put into, tra into training peaks, which is the, where I've got all of my entire history of endurance sports is in training peaks. Um, they actually had it where it automatically goes in it. That was, that was, that was very important, but I was, I was already in Swift by the time they created that. Um, but you know that's initially what I got in, so I thought, well, but you know we can I can get into the, do this kind of workout like I do in Trainer Road, but I get the added benefit that I'm riding with people, that I see other cyclists, I'm going up and down hills, I get a visual with with the same things that I got in Training Peaks. So I said, you know, that was initially what I got in. So I said, when I do these these long workouts, it'll probably be a little easier, and I started doing that. I, I trained that way, uh, like I said, 2018, lots of lots of you know, like five hour workouts where I'm riding on the trainer for that long. Uh, and I was doing these things on a time trial bike in, in, you know, in the virtual Zwift world uh, alone. And so, but it was, you know, it was kind of interesting. I, I think I, t I tested a few things, like I did a race or something just to see, but you know, at that point that was really kind of all my experience was about um, over the course of the last year and a half or so year, I'd say probably mostly within the last year, I started getting more into the social aspect of it. So I started doing group rides and getting to know people. I've, um, now I do like regular group rides that I do all the time now. Uh, I've met, I've made friends in other states, literally in other countries. Um, like I ride every Sunday with uh, a group and one of them is a lady from Britain. And we, we, and we now talk on, uh, on uh, Zwift and or on, on Discord, I mean. And, uh, and so I hear her voice and I hear, you know, and hear her talking British accent and I hear all the other people, you know, I got people from New Jersey, I got people from uh, Missouri, you know, all over the place. They were all on there together at one time from all over the world, literally. Uh, and we're talking and, and all that. So it's kind of become a, a lot more of a social aspect for me. Hmm. Uh, I also then joined a team uh, where there are now online Zwift teams that, that literally have some of them have thousands of members uh, and they put together teams that do races together. So you can get together with this team and they will organize you in, in like a D group or a C group or a B or an A or, or you know, lead or whatever. And you can go do races. So in the last couple of months, I started doing time trials, uh, team time trials. It is. Uh, so I, I, I'll end up in a group of seven or eight people most of them, I've, I've never met any of the people, but, uh, but they're from all over the, most of, mostly from Canada and U.S. and I had one Australian. Uh, and we, we ride in a team time trial event that literally has thousands of people in it and, and, and hundreds of teams. Um, and uh, just super, super fun. Um, and it's super challenging because, some, I mean, some of the races I'm, I've done really well and next week I'll get dropped. You know, I'm having, to hold, I'm holding, having a hard time staying on the back. Uh, it's just, it's been a lot of fun. I had to take a break from it cause I was racing too much, um, and enjoying the social aspect of it uh, a lot too. Uh, you know, it's just fun cause you're on there, you know, the people every week and you get on their discord and you start talking with each other. Um, another thing that I've kind of becoming more aware of with, uh, Zwift, uh, is that Zwift is, is of the mindset that they don't really think of themselves as trying to reproduce cycling. Uh, exactly as it wouldn't be in the real world. They are trying, their, their effort is to make it into 
they call it gamifying it. In other words, adding aspects to it that you still get the real world experience with cycling, but you get other things that kind of add to it, that add to the tactics of it, which really makes it really fun in racing, like using power ups and things like that uh, in the race um, strategically. And, um, and it, and it just makes it really, really interesting. And, and if you're riding a course, you'll, you'll be riding a course and there'll be a sprint section. There'll be a, a KOM section and it times you, it tells you where you're on the leaderboard you know, a lot of things like that that kind of adds to the experience. Uh, it's almost like, you know, like if you're doing a Strava KOM, you, you would have it literally on the screen right there and you know, okay, you got to catch up with this guy who's just in front of you and this guy's got the best time and you're currently in 78th and, you know, move up to 34th if, if you know, if you can and mm-hmm. how fast can you do this? And then if you get to the end and it'll tell you, okay, this is all your records for the last 30 days, you know, when you went through that same segment. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's, it's just, it's just, it's kind of got a lot more depth of experience to me. Um, it's, it's definitely cartoonish. Uh, it's not real worldish. It doesn't look like a real world. It's very, uh, animated cartoonish, uh, not in a bad way. It, it, it actually, to me, it's kind of pleasant. It's kind of interesting because you get to do things. You'll be in a world where there's a dinosaur or you're driving, you're riding through a volcano or, um, you know, you're climbing Alp to Alp to Zwift, which is after is modeled after Alp to Duez, and uh, you know a lot of things like that. And it's just it's just a lot of fun. Combining that with the social aspect of it has kind of got me a little bit hooked. I, I mean, I'm on it like once or twice a day. <laughs> so, um, although the past week I took a break, I thought I needed to take a little bit of a break, so I took a break. But um, anyway, but yeah, that's that's kind of my experience with Zwift. Right. Um, so sorry, I hate to be a so no. such a one-sided person. <laughs> no, it's okay. But there's a lot of things in there that you said. Um, but, uh, and so, so a lot of things to kind of unpack with what you just said there. So Chrissy, you start. Yeah, I think Ben had some really good call outs. So the, the gamification, seeing, seeing a lot of it, especially as you unlock all of this extra gear. And I don't know what I have to do to get a pair of zip wheels, but I'm, I kind of want to get them. So, <laughs> so some goals. And then even when you're in the game, you get the drafting boost and the arrow boost and, so it is, it is a little bit fun to have that gamification piece. And I say this is a non-gamer, like not into games, but I, I like and appreciate that aspect of it. And I think the other thing you hit on that is the other thing that really keeps me going back to it, even though at first, you know, jumping as a single user, it's not super compelling, but the group thing is huge, um, especially people all over the world, because you'll see, like I follow the McKinsey's who are in Australia on Instagram and I see they're talking about this tri-bunchy down under group and it rides 6.30 in the morning in Australia but it's the middle of the afternoon here for me in Austin. So I'll jump on and ride with them and then see people like Caroline Stefan and Lindsay Corbin and, and Rennie join. And they'll have this chat where you're, you feel like you're in the middle of a pro triathlete chat board. And I don't even race triathlete anymore, triathlon anymore. And it's still really neat. So it's fun to do those kind of things. But even locally, since we're not doing group rides in the middle of COVID, uh, a lot of the teams that do group rides and lead them are doing them now virtually on Zwift. So I get to ride with some of those same people and the local crit has gone virtual. So when I race, I race with some of the people I used to race with or had ridden with. And it's just fun to see those names on the leaderboard. And even if I want to do a workout, um, the local speed shop, it's in the basement of Mellow Johnny's. I used to go there like once or every week or two with some of my cycling teammates. And that coach was offering his, his workouts on Zwift. Or even if you just scroll through, you'll see that this pro triathlete has a workout set up or Slow Twitch does their Friday chill ones. And EMJ led them. So there are all kinds of things that sound familiar that you can jump in on. And I think 
with the times right now, anything that's familiar is kind of attractive. Um, so it's really nice to jump, jump in there and see all of this familiar stuff. And so I think that's really kind of drawn me into it. And then the idea that you can race and do something really hard hurts a lot, even if you kind of don't want to and get that push. Um, so it's been fun. The one thing I would call out about this, and I know we'd all had a lot of banter about it is, uh, spinning out on, on Zwift going downhill, which I'd experienced some of the same on, on Ruby. And this is what I meant when I was talking about equipment is my, my other road bike is a 50, 34. And so it's easier climbing. And so I'd kind of have to use it on Ruby because the climbs were so much harder, but they're not in Zwift, whatever percent grade it tells you, it's about half of what it, that would feel like in real life. Um, so I use my competitive road bike, which is a 5236, because I don't have to worry about getting up the hills as much. And I cannot spin out, especially because they have the draft effect on Zwift, which the whole reason I got that bike with that gearing is in real life. When you, when you're sitting in a pack, mm -hmm. I spin out going down hills. Um, so it's really interesting to think about your equipment like you would if you are racing mm -hmm. in real life. Um, so I kind of appreciate that aspect too. And all the racing does feel like if you were racing in real life and hurts at least as much when I look at like average heart rate or something from one of those races. So I appreciate a lot of things that it offers that really feel like I'm missing in life right now, just with everything being canceled. Yeah. 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 Um, I, yeah. I agree with all that. And I, I, I think so, so many interesting things in what you, what both of you just said, I, I think that, that, you know, they, they call it Zwift calls it a game. Um, and I was listening to a podcast, uh, recently, not a sports podcast, a, a podcast called Dear Hank and John, which is Hank and John Green. Um, and it's these two brothers that just talk about life. Um, and John Green is the guy who wrote The Fault in Our Stars and several other things. Um, he's on Zwift. And so, of course, as soon as I found out he was on Zwift, I went and followed him. Um, <laughs> I now follow, follow four people on Zwift, the two of you and uh, a triathlete that I know from, from middle Georgia named Matt Trick and John Green, the author. Um, but um, but he, he actually referred to it as a game when he was talking about it. And so I think like what Ben said, if you kind of let go of, of saying, okay, it's just like real cycling because it's not. If you kind of can let go of that um, and quit expecting it to be like real cycling, then you might actually ironically find some of the things that like what Chrissy says, make it kind of like real cycling. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's maybe one problem I've had with Swift is that, that I've, I've wanted it to be more like real cycling and it's, and it's not. And so like the stuff with like the power-ups, for example, so power-ups that they, they let you draft more or they lighten you up or something else like that. Um, they give you like an extra boost, like what you would get in Super Mario Brothers or something. Um, and, and like with that, I'm all, I always look at those and, and I'm like, well, I don't like those because, you know, you don't get those in real cycling, but you need to let go of the idea that you don't have those in real cycling and you need to instead embrace like the game aspect of it and sort of relearn how to actually race in Zwift as opposed to trying to apply what you've learned about racing in real life on Zwift. And, and I'm still kind of in that process. Um, one thing that Chrissy said in, in all the emails we traded was how, how hard it is to actually learn Zwift because it's so big and the cultural onboarding for such a major thing, like it takes a while. Um, and so we mm -hmm. both watched all these videos and read all these things. And, 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 and so, so I, I, I'm still in the process of kind of learning it and I'm, I'm interested to see, and I'm, I'm going to stick with it for a little while cause I do like the racing aspects of it, but I'm interested to see how long it takes me to, to, to learn how to do it, to race it. And if I can learn, will I like it when I do? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
that's one of the things that I would say is that is that that's part of the fun part of it is that it mm-hmm. adds so much more things that you don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how to ride outside, you know how to do all these other things, you know what it's like to race in a race on a real road and with real people. But you know, you don't when you get into Zwift. There's a lot another all new levels things that you don't that you haven't really thought through how to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like uh, in Zwift, there's drafting and then there's double draft events. Mm-hmm. You know, where you get into the draft and and there's uh, the power ups and then there's also road surfaces. Like if you get on cobbles or you get on dirt in Zwift, you slow down. And, and they have different kind of bikes on there. So that if you choose the different bikes, some people are actually in the middle of races or switching bikes in the middle of the race to change through a certain section, like getting on a, uh, getting on a, on a, mo- on a uh, mountain bike in the middle of a race that goes through a dirt section because the mountain bike is so much faster through that section. That's part of the gamifying of it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really care about doing the mountain biking part of it, but that's just kind of part of the, the depth of, 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 strategy that you'd learn you yeah. to kind of learn all the little tricks and all the little things like uh which bikes are faster than others like i'm really i've been working for a long time now to get my tron bike and i'm really close now uh tron and the bike. tron bike is really <laughs> cool looking but they also say it's one of the fastest too so mm-hmm. um and uh so it's, it's kind of interesting like another one like if you're in a group and you're drafting your your avatar will sit up if it's in the draft mm-hmm. if you pull ahead he'll get down in the drops and you'll mm-hmm. see him move down so it's one of the things that, you know, that joke, I'm in it, I'm not in it, you know, and then you know, I share with you that article about the different benefits you get from where you are in the draft pack. Like if you're six back or you're just behind the leader, you know, 25% versus 33%, you know, better drafting. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the fun of it. You know, you start to learn all those little tricks and, and when you're in there, you can, you can actually feel those things. You feel yourself like slowing down or speeding up. And all of a sudden you're like, man, we're just really moving um, and it, because that, that experience to me almost makes it feel a little more real, especially in a group. Um, so, uh, All right, so tell but, me this, know, like Jeff. I said, the, uh, to me, the, de- to me, the depth is a depth of, of all the other things, added things that it adds to it, the gamifying of it, even though that's kind of a, I hate that word. Mm-hmm. I really hate that word, but the fact that it adds those things brings a depth of it, of more experience. Like it creates things that you, that, you know, to me, makes it a little more real. Actually, it's weird. But gamifying it actually makes it more real. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that's a that's an interesting and, and excellent point. Um, yeah, and 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 you know, choosing the different bikes and even in real life, the different bikes like like Chrissy's done. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Okay, so tell me this. And I, so I've done a few races on there, and some of them have gone better than others. Um, but there is definitely one race that I've done twice, and the first time I did it, I got dropped out of the gate. The second time I did it, I was better, like prepared for what I was going to see. And so I, so I was able to, to stick on the wheels for about the first third of the race. But without getting too technical about it, and, 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 when, and trying not to sound arrogant here, I, it, was, it was a B-level race. The A-level races are for, were supposed to be for the fastest, strongest people, right? So it was a B-level race. I stuck, I stuck on it for about a third, and I was on my limit for that third of the race that I stuck in, and then eventually I got dropped. I, I should not have gotten dropped given the power that I was putting in, like in, in, in that, in a B level race. And, and right. my knee jerk reaction is y'all are a bunch of damn cheaters. Like, I don't know how you're cheating, <laughs> but you're cheating. Right. Like, yeah. like I, I don't like, there's no way that, that I'm putting in 
320 watts for 15 minutes and I'm getting dropped. Like that, that that's just not, that's not gonna happen in a B race. And, and so tell me this, is that, is that because I just haven't learned how to do it yet? Um, and, it, and, and just because I'm just going harder than I need to, or is it because in fact people are cheating? I would say that to me, the biggest problem that, uh, and the complaint that I hear, I follow a lot of podcasts that are Zwift oriented podcasts is that there's a lot of sandbaggers on there. There's a lot of people that are not in where they're supposed to be. And, you know, that's a problem for Zwift. Zwift's having actually, they're, they're, they are they're They understand they have the problem because I've heard that their upper people, their upper management talk about it on podcasts. Mm. Uh, but they, their answer to it is not as, as, I don't think it's quite as uh, serious as it should be. Mm-hmm. So that's where I kind of brought in the whole Zwift Power. Zwift Power is, is another company or another, it's a website basically that takes the data out of Zwift. They've gotten permission to take the, the, the data out of Zwift and they parse out and they, they call out sandbaggers in this. I actually got called out for being a sandbagger in, in a D race when I was, when I should have been in a C. And that was when I learned, okay, why did this happen? Why did I, why did I not get included in those results? Well, it's because I was, I was racing out of my category and they pulled me, they, they basically eliminated me and gave someone else the crown inside of there. So that, that's kind of where, where they kind of take the data and they say, okay, these people are not, they're not where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be also that perhaps maybe some of the algorithms that create the reality of it, which I think all, all of these web, all of these sites that we're talking about probably are this is very advanced math to do all this and, and like you know where we had talked about earlier about how ruby had wasn't quite as good as full gas at getting that steel to it and that's probably some of that too but i think a lot of it is and i've seen it so many times in races is that there's people that you know like I, i'm racing i race only in c now um and there's people that are that are there that are clearly probably top level B's or A's, they're still there. I mean, that, I, I race, when I race, I'm at three, you know, 2.9 to 3.0 watts per kilogram. The upper end of that is supposed to be 3.1. And then you got people in the race that are pulling out 4.1 to 4.5 watts per kilogram and they're winning the thing in, in Zwift. So when you go to Zwift Power, when they parse it out, they'll, they'll parse it out. They have all this programming there. And then you'll say, okay, they took them out of it. They were, they were, they were the sandbaggers. And I like that. I like the way that they do that. Uh, so yeah, they, they kind of give you a little know. bit more peace of mind that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You still get dropped. I mean, I've done some crits and I got dropped. I was in one where I was right there till the end. And, and then right at the end, the other guys searching, I just, I was giving everything I had. And I just said, you know what, that, that's the way, that's the way the game went, you know? Uh, it, it, it struggle makes you, makes you better. So, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm, if I'm having a hard time, if it's really super hard for me, well, you know, just suck it up and do better next time. Keep working at it. I'll write that on the wall back here and, and I'll say Ben holiday <laughs> says I need to suck it up and quit complaining and thinking that everybody's cheating on Zwift. Um, so, so we, we, we got to wrap it up, not only because we've been talking for a while, but, but because I just got a, got a low battery warning on my computer here. But, um, so, so, so let's, let's, let's kind of wrap it up real quick. Give us uh, give us kind of like your big takeaways from this overall experiment, Chrissy. Wow. Big takeaways. Uh, my big takeaway is that the platform that you might want to spend the most time on has a lot to do with what are your overall long-term goals? Um, how do you want to get there? So what are your like session, session, weekend, week out goals? And then what motivates you? 
Um, because on its face, I, I really liked the experience at Ruby per se, but then just by default, where I'm spending a lot of my time happens to be on Zwift just because of the social aspect of it and my proclivity to, to kind of gravitate towards something that, you know, everybody else is doing because it feels like that's where the party is. Um, so it's, it's interesting to, to kind of look at that, that dichotomy of what you personally enjoy versus what actually, you know, gets you on the bike every day. I would say that probably for me that it's, uh, I think it's, it was very interesting to see how many things were actually out there and experience what other alternatives are out there. Um, I'm actually aware of another platform that none of us have tried because it's still in beta that's like, it's closer to being like a Zwift, but a little bit more realistic looking. Um, so I think all of these companies, technologies competing against one another is is some point in the future, there's going to be something even better. Um, than all of this. Uh, it may be another company or one of these companies just really hits the fast track and does a lot better job. Uh, one thing I would say is that, you know, especially with this COVID thing coming up, it, this was kind of like a godsend to be able to keep racing in my life. You know, all of my, everything racing went away. Uh, you could not do events anymore, uh, nothing to do. So for me, it was like the first thing I said was what I'd already planned. As soon as I got done with Challenge Roth, I was going to start racing on, on Zwift. Uh, and so as soon as it was over, I, I, you know, I said, hey, I'm ready to join a team time trial race. And that's what I did. So to me, that's of, of all of this, I don't, you know, that's kind of my takeaways is that I'm really impressed by the technology overall that everybody's coming up with, everybody's putting out ideas, everybody's trying things, putting it out there. Um, and I can't wait to see what the future is. At, at some point in the future, uh, we may see something that looks so realistic, just like the real ones, and but actually be function with other writers and people going different directions, just like just like Zwift does. Uh, it's it's going to it's only going to get better. This this whole thing is just uh, it's just it's really kind of cool, you know. And it also gives you that ability to to do it indoors it's convenient and it's safe you don't have to worry about getting hit by a car or or the weather <laughs> getting struck by lightning for that matter <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with both of you i think that that um you know all three of us we open this by talking about about how long we've been doing indoor workouts and and how things have changed over the course of that time you know when i think about the first workouts i did indoors on my dumb trainer um in 2008 um, and just how much the technology changed from 2008 to 2015 in terms of like smart trainers and then all these online platforms. Now, um, I, I was kind of blown away, um, from even when I first said, um, Hey, let's, you know, let's, who wants to volunteer to, to, to try out some of these different platforms for me, how many different platforms there are. Um, and, and to Chrissy's point, you can find one that really matches you. Um, and so even though like be cool, for example, wasn't really for me, um, I'm sure like that works really, really, really well for some people. Um, and, and even when I think about like which ones I like, like at this moment in my life, at this particular moment in time, given the situation in the world and, and my health status and, and, and my goal or lack of goal races right now, like certain ones fit me, um, that might not fit me two months from now, three months from now, a year from now. And so, so you can, you can really find the ones that, that, that cater to your needs um, and, and either address your, your strengths or, or address your weaknesses, depending on, on what it is you're looking for in those platforms. So, yeah. Um, so given that, 
Chrissy, you go first. Which ones are you keeping? I have subscriptions for uh, Ruby and for Zwift, and I keep uh, in the back of my mind. You have one for Ruby? Well, because my husband liked it, so he signed up. And the thing is, their subscription model is really good. So we have a house. <laughs> I just got I just got to piggyback on. Um, and then back of my mind, I'm like, oh, really enjoyed writing full gas though. So if you know, we can't write outside as much. Um, and I I think. I think husband already canceled our the trainer road, so it doesn't renew. So I better get all the training out of that over the next three months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked I liked a lot of them, but have spent more time probably on Zwift just because of the social component and not having that in any other aspects of my life right now, just given the conditions. And it'll be interesting to see when you when you do have the social stuff back, whether you in in fact stick with Zwift. Um, yeah. Um, I think by the way that that what I found is that that the maximum that you really can have is like three. Like, I don't think there's quite enough space in your life for four. And, and, and currently <laughs> I have four and, and, and I think there's really only space in your life for three. So, um, and, and if you take a deep dive into one of them, like Ben has into Zwift, then there's only room for like two tops. Um, but anyway, um, Ben, you're obviously keeping Zwift. You can keep in the others. Yeah, I think I may, uh, I may, uh, keep full gas. Mm -hmm. I really liked it. Really? Uh, I think I liked, I want to go back and ride some of the courses mm -hmm. um, because I felt like that was kind of like, you know, sometimes like today was one of those days of like, sometimes I like the social aspect. Most of the time I do. And sometimes it actually compels me to get in there. Like I know uh, they're going to expect me in the ride today because they know who I am. Yeah. Um, but then, um, but you know, some days I just want to zone out. I don't want anybody. I want to turn my music on and, and zone out and not have that interaction and uh, uh, and it would be kind of cool to be on, on like on a real course, you know, on a day, especially on a day when it when I can't really get outside. Mm -hmm. um, I still have the op obvious that I'm here in the gap, so I can get outside when I want. But uh, you know, some days it's rainy, snow, snowy, stormy, whatever, you know, and and you know that that still gives me that option. So um, I'm pretty sure that Zwift's going to be like the dominant of my time. But full gas, if I had to, if 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 they took, if they, if, if Zwift close tomorrow the full gas will be where i'd go interesting not what i expected to say so good to know yeah um so so like i said just a minute ago i'm currently subscribed to four of them and and i'm committed probably to keep all four of these through the end of july just given kind of the virtual challenges and stuff i've signed up for or that i'm planning to undertake over the course of the next little while here probably the one that that i will be keeping long term the one i'm most confident i'll be keeping long term is trainer road um, I've been a, I've been on Trainer Road for a long time, and then their addition of the virtual group workouts, um, being able to to do those actually inside of there, um, that was that was a big boost for me. Um, and so now, like even the athletes that I coach, I can say, hey, let's do a workout together on Trainer Road, and and I get to spend time with some of my athletes while we're both doing a workout. And that's not something that I always get to do, and it's something I haven't gotten to do on a bike in five years. Um, and so, so that's pretty cool. I know I'll be keeping that one. I'm still subscribed to Sufferfest. I have been for the last several uh, little while. Like I said, it's a good sort of break from Trainer Road from time to time. Um, and so it provides a good counterbalance to that. But I'm also thinking of doing a Knights of Sufferlandria challenge, um, which is where you do 10 Sufferfest workouts in a single day. I'm thinking about doing that in July. Um, and so I need to keep doing this. Then. Um, Zwift, I like all the racing on Zwift and I'm considering doing a V Everesting as well in July. And so, so, um, and so, so I need to, to, to keep that cause you can only do that on Zwift. I wonder, um, whether 
when things start opening back up and when I start running more, because all I'm doing right now pretty much is cycling. I ran yesterday for the first time in over a month. Um, and I, I wonder when I start running more and when I actually put a running race on the calendar, whether I'll, I'll still have room for Zwift or I'll, if I'll still want it, because I think it provides that, that short-term racing for me. I could, if, if, if we got off this podcast and I was super fired up, I could probably go online and find a race on Zwift in the next hour. And that's, that's pretty cool. Okay. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, and then the last one for me is full gas. You know, I kind of gushed over it when we talked about it a little while ago. Um, I think full gas is great. I like being on the front of that. Um, I'm signed up for one of the challenges around virtual Ram. They have a daily challenge where you just do one ride over the course of 12 days. And so it's definitely not as hard as Ram or race across the West would be. Um, but, uh, but so I'll be doing that for, from June 16th to June 28th. So I'll be keeping at least then, but I think, I think really and truly, if I think about, okay, when things start turning back to normal, I'm probably not going to be doing a whole lot of just like long zone two rides. That's just not usually a part of my training program when I'm, when I'm running and training for marathons. And so I'm willing to bet full gas would probably be the one I'm going to drop, but I'm not going to drop any of them for at least another couple months here. So, so we'll see. Mm. We'll see. Um, ben and Chrissy. This was the epic podcast that I hoped it would be. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, so, Chrissy, uh, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks for putting it together. I, I enjoyed the whole process uh, of experimenting with all of these, and I think it was a good learning experience for me and got me out of my comfort zone. So great, grateful for this opportunity. Thanks, George. Right on, right on. Ben, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's fun being here again, and it was nice to get to know Chrissy and uh, make a new friend. Uh, we're on Strava together now and, uh, and on uh, follow each other on Zwift as well, all of us now, all one big happy family. Right on, right on. Very good, very good. Thanks again, y'all. I really do appreciate it. Um, it means a lot to me that you were willing to put so much time into this. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That'll do it for another edition of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. We appreciate you joining us. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast. You can find us on Twitter at pleasantpodcast. You can find us on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. And you can always download our podcast from Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, ITL Coaching and Performance at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter at itlcoaching at Facebook, facebook.com slash ITL Coaching and Performance, and on Instagram, ITL Coaching. You can check out Blue Pineapple Travel at bluepineappletravel.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, or on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, SlayerX. You can find them at slayerx.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash here4slayerx. That's the number four, here4slayerx on Instagram at here4slayrx, again the number four, and on Twitter at officialslayrx. Don't forget the discount code PLEASANT2020. On behalf of Patrick Ollinger and Michelle Frank, this is George Darden. We appreciate you joining us on the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast.